Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. I might be becoming a bad baseball fan who can't enjoy the romantic things because of advanced statistics. 15 years from now, I want to be on the early baseball committee. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. I literally have the fan graphs hoodie, the baseball reference t-shirt, just repping some stats, you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, we're talking baseball, kind of whenever. I'm your host, Chris Gianta, over there. On the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I'm doing well today. Uh, what's I, I said this last week, but we're finally back into the routine of, of two shows a week. I think this is our second time recording in like three days. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we got some division drama going on over the weekend. We got some wild card drama, which we've had pretty much all summer, uh, but it's... I think this is probably going to be our last recording or one of our last recordings before September. So it is very cool that entering the last month of the regular season, we got all this action. Yeah, we do. We do. It's uh, it's very fun. Lots of action there. I feel like it wasn't like this last year with, you know, even with the expanded playoff format, it no. didn't seem to have this energy or at least this many teams uh, fighting for this many different spots. But uh, But yeah, here we are. We have a lot of division drama, as you mentioned, a lot of wild card drama. And uh, yeah, the the you know, the biggest division drama going on right now is in the American League West, where the Rangers have lost their uh, division lead for, I believe, the first time all season. Uh, I think they've at least shared first place or been in sole possession of first place for the entirety of the season. Uh, but now they are a game out. Uh, from the Seattle Mariners who took over. Uh, but yeah, the Rangers have lost 9 out of 10. They had an eight-game losing streak uh, entering Saturday. But uh, here they are. They're out of first place. What have you been thinking about uh, the Rangers? Yeah, it's... I mean, they so quickly lost the division lead. It was pretty crazy how quickly it happened. Uh, from August... 16th till now the rangers went one and nine and the mariners went 10 and one uh which you know very quickly got them out of the uh the division lead um and i think you know i mean yesterday was a brutal one they gave up a grand slam to royce lewis who uh we you know is some say isn't even a real person yeah um they blew a lead in the ninth uh, with Aroldis Chapman, they're you know one of their trade deadline acquisitions uh, coming in and uh, blowing the save, and then they Jonathan Hernandez with a walk off walk uh, to the Twins, which has been you know that's how they lost yesterday, and then minutes later the Mariners swept the Kansas City Royals. The Mariners, uh, you know they they picked a very good time in their schedule to have the Royals and A's coming to town back to back, and they've made the most of it so far after a sweep of the Royals, but. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty crazy. Um, yeah, in terms of the actual, what's going on, it's been pretty much everything. Uh, do you have numbers on the pitching or the offense? Is there anything you specifically wanted to get into? Um, yeah, it's, it, as you mentioned, it's kind of an all around thing. They have scored the fifth least amount of runs in baseball, despite actually their, you know, their weighted runs created plus an OPS isn't as bad as as fifth worst uh part of the problem is they aren't coming through in the clutch situations you know or you know just with runners in scoring position uh 
you know, in the last 10 games, the Rangers have the worst batting average with runners in scoring position at 144. Uh, and also just in general, in all plate appearances, they have the second worst expected Woba. So they are not necessarily getting unlucky at the plate either. Um, maybe unlucky in timing and that, you know, they're struggling so much with runners in scoring position, but, uh, but they're just kind of just generally struggling offensively. And then pitching wise, they have the sixth worst ERA and the fourth worst bullpen ERA in the last 10 games. Yeah, it's been, I, I mean, it is just a collective collapse of everything. Just to give you some perspective on how dramatic of a collapse this was in such a, such a short period of time. According to Fangraphs, the Rangers on August 15th, that is 13 days ago as we were recording this, the Rangers had a 56.8% chance to win their division. And as we record now on August 28th, it is down to 18.8%. Uh, as for the Seattle Mariners, on, on that same August 15th date, their odds to win the division were at 3.2%, and now it's up to 39.8%. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Uh, it's pretty crazy what how that's transpired. Uh, looking at specific individuals, um, actually my last slightly alarming uh, has sort of continued to be alarming. He did hit a home run on Saturday though, but uh, in this fifteen or in this uh, ten game span, excuse me, uh, he has a forty and a half percent strikeout rate, two point four percent walk rate, and is hitting one forty six with a four fifty nine OPS. Uh, so you know he he has not been. Uh, he's he's been kind of disastrous over this run. Uh, Marcus Simeon has not been quite up to par. He's hitting 229 with a 677 OPS uh, in this 10 game span, which uh, you know is not helping very much. But a lot of it, a lot of it is situational, as I mentioned. You know, they're they're hitting 144 with runners in scoring position, which is not, you know, obviously not going to win you any games. Yeah. Um, going back into more playoff odds, real quick, the uh, the Rangers. Uh, on August 15th, the same day that I mentioned, had a 95.1% chance of making the postseason. And as we record today, it's down to 64.9%. And for the Mariners, it went from 29.9% to 85.2%. So, like, I, I know that this is kind of off topic based on what you've been talking about, but I feel like people need to know this is a remarkably quick collapse that we just don't see that often ever. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely good to uh, to bring that up because... Yeah, there's there's definitely a the way the way they're trending, like some at some point you have to stop thinking division. I know that they're only a game out, but also just start thinking about the playoffs. Uh, I know at the moment I think they're uh, two and a half or three and a half up on the Blue Jays. Luckily for the Rangers, the Blue Jays have not been very hot the past ten games either. I think they've lost like six out of ten or something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. So. You know, the Rangers are still at this point in the year comfortably in a playoff spot. But if the Blue Jays do get hot and the Rangers continue to go this way, they have to worry about even if they get to October. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, going back, so looking at some specific people on offense, Chris, you mentioned um, Adolis Garcia. The thing that really sticks out to me is that the guys that have been bad for them during the stretch, they've been bad. It's not like guys have been kind of meh, but like, Jonah Heim in 24 plate appearances has a negative 17 weighted runs created plus. Travis Jankowski is a 19. Dolis Garcia at 17. Uh, Leody Tavares is at 75. So I guess that is um, a little bit better. But yeah, I mean, they've gotten solid production from like Corey Seager, Mitch Garver, 
uh, Robbie Grossman offensively, but that's kind of been it. Uh, yeah, right. Like, uh, yeah, it, it's been, they've gotten some production from, you know, some of the higher profile guys like Seager, but, um, but yeah, they're, but yeah, Heim has taken a, you know, Heim, who is an all-star this year. He's, uh, you know, taking a step down. Adolis Garcia, who's an all-star this year, he's taking a step down. And part of it, I think, is also like the Rangers coming down to earth. Like, let's not forget where we thought this team was at prior to the season starting. We thought maybe optimistically they could be around a 500 team. And here they are, you know, near the top of the division. So, you know, Adolis Garcia, he's struggling now, but I don't think anyone expected him to be, you know, a 32 home run guy and, uh, you know, a four win player, especially at this point in the year, like he could still hit 40 home runs. I don't think anyone expected that. I don't think anyone expected Jonah Heim, who I, I didn't know who Jonah Heim was before the season yeah. started. Um, I don't think anyone expected Jonah Heim to be an all-star. So I think, you know, part of it is just like the Rangers were riding hot and now they're performing more like their roster before the season said they should be performing. But uh, hopefully for them, they're able to tread water to potentially grab a playoff spot here. Yeah, I mean, the way, the, the way that the Rangers were performing into, like, the spring and early summer, like, you kind of felt like there was going to be some regression to the mean because they were world beaters on offense all around. There was literally everyone on offense was producing, whether it was, like, the staples of the lineup, like Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, but also, like, you know, like, we were seeing breakouts from uh, Leody Tavares, from Ezekiel Duran, uh, and, you know, it's not that... You know, there there was going to be some regression to the mean, but this has gone far beyond the mean at this point. Yeah, that is uh, that is true, and it's it's been unfortunate that mm-hmm. not not a single part of the roster has really uh saved the other parts. You know, the offense is doing bad, starting pitching isn't doing very well, bullpen is doing you know especially bad. I know Will Smith uh in the span has allowed six earned runs in. Uh, in just three innings for an 18 ERA, Martin Perez is at an 8.53 ERA in this uh, in this span. You know mm-hmm. they they're not you know they're not getting it they're not getting it from pitching or hitting, unfortunately, and that's what the recipe for uh, you know losing nine out of ten games. And also, you know it it, do, it doesn't help that they have some guys on the injured list, at least on the starting pitching side, with you know Degrom's been out since since april obviously and eovaldi has been out since uh late july or even uh mid july so you know that doesn't help i know they acquired two starting pitchers at the deadline but still like you you'd want the other stars out there so that doesn't really help but uh josh but yeah, young has I mean, also been hurt uh who is that josh young uh oh yeah josh young you know our both of our first half uh, rookie of the year um, guy, he uh, he's been out, which is unfortunate for them. So, yeah, uh, I think part of it is like it, time sort of caught up with them. Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, that's that's kind of been what it's been. And what's funny is we I, I feel like when we were talking about the Rangers being hot early in the year, we're like, yeah, you know, but inevitably the Astros will eventually take over. Yeah, right. And it's the Mariners now, which is uh which is interesting. It's it's you know, it's kind of the race we expected, which was Astros Mariners, but now the Rangers are also in the mix. 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, the Astros are still there. They're only a game out. They're tied with the yeah. Rangers. Uh, it just so happens that the Mariners had to go on this hot streak. Right, right. Um, so yeah, I mean, outlooking outlooking this division race, I think it's extremely possible that the Rangers have spent their last days in first place in the American League West. Um, I think it's very possible, especially with the Mariners having the A's uh in town uh this upcoming week, and also the Astros have the third easiest strength of schedule remaining in all of baseball uh this year. So, you know, in, in this upcoming I know they have two series against the Royals in this upcoming month. And, you know, the Rangers are not in the direction. What where do you think the Rangers land in all of this? I'll uh I'll do I'll do you one I'll one up you on this take and say we could be seeing the last days of the Rangers in a playoff spot uh in the next Ooh. coming days because the Rangers right now are tied for the fifth wild card with the Astros. The Blue Jays are two and a half games back. The Red Sox are four and a half games back. And as we've seen throughout this year, these are two teams that are more than capable of going on a run. And I think, you know, just given the general vibe right now, given strength of schedule, given everything, the Rangers, you could probably argue, are the least likely team to go on a run out of the Astros, the Rangers, the Blue Jays, and the Red Sox. So, you know, two of those teams have to miss a playoff spot. It's very possible the Rangers are one of them. And it's very possible with the way that they've been playing right now that we see them out of that playoff spot by the next time we're recording. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it I wouldn't put it out of, uh, yeah, I wouldn't put it out of possibility. Luckily for the Rangers, they are facing the Mets uh, this mm. upcoming week. So maybe there's a potential for recovery there. Um, but the Mets are still a, a very, very talented team. And, you know, they're not... They're, they're no doormat, that's for sure, uh, even though they've had a, a disappointing year. So, yeah, I like I've you know, we've we both had high hopes for the for the Blue Jays this year. Um, we've we've seen them be hot and we've thought, you know, uh, oh, the Blue Jays are getting hot. This is when they start to take over and they it, it, they just haven't really gotten to that point. And if they do get to that point, I could t- very well see them taking over the rangers but they but first of all they have to get to that point where they are just steamrolling teams yeah they do have to get to that point um max max serger does not pitch in this series against the mets i was wondering if if they would boo him yeah (laughs) yeah maybe i I mean he i guess he did uh take away the no trade no trade clause Mm -hmm. yeah he did do that um he also you know didn't pitch well in the playoffs for them right right and just also didn't pitch very well for them in general yeah he, well, last year he was very good but this year he he was not as good um yeah yeah with the yeah with 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 the uh with the rangers they're they very well you know might not be in the lead for the al west again um they you know they, they have to hold on to a playoff spot although We've seen teams bounce back, uh, most notably. Any, anything more on the Rangers? Uh, no, I think that's kind of it. So we've seen teams sort of be in a in a hypothetical like divot or, you know, a little like they've dug themselves into a ditch of some sort, but bounce right back. And uh, the most notable team that's done that this season is the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, they were you know two weeks ago we were talking about them and how bad they had been they had lost 
25 out of 32 to get to two games below 500. They were 57 and 59. They were a few games back in the NL wildcard race. And since that point, they've won 12 out of 15 games, had the best record in baseball, and are comfortably in a playoff spot now uh, with a 69 and 62 record. What have you been thinking about the Diamondbacks? Yeah, you got to give them credit, no doubt. This is a team that, you know, is very young, and a lot of the core guys don't have a lot of experience being on a competitive team. You look at, you know, obviously Corbin Carroll. He's in his first full year this year. He's been kind of the the on-field leader for this team. You look at Cattell Marte. You know, he was never really on a competitive team with the Mariners or the D-backs. Uh, you go through the rotation, and it's like Zach Gallon's never been on that competitive of a Diamondbacks team. Merrill Kelly hasn't been – uh, you know, I'm sure he was a little bit with Cubs, but, uh, you know, not you don't look at this team and be like, yeah, other than like, you know, Evan Longoria or like Lourdes Gurriel Jr., not a lot of guys that have seen a lot of competitive baseball or Tommy Pham in this, you know, after the trade deadline, but they've made it work. I mean, even Christian Walker, he's, you know, he's 32 years old, but even still, he's never been on a competitive team. Um, yeah. You know, theoretically, it made sense for this team to not maybe not regress as hard as they did, but to not really recover from it. But they have pretty much immediately. It's not like they treaded water after going getting out of that losing skid and then started resurging. They resurged immediately. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like it it looked really, really bleak. Um, It, re- it looked really, really bleak when they got two games uh, below 500, especially with all the possible teams that could have got you know grabbed that fifth and sixth uh, pl- uh, National League playoff spot. You know it seemed like they were kind of lost in the shuffle at that point with what the Marlins, Reds, Cubs, uh, Giants were all doing. But you know they've they've resurged. You know kind of out of nowhere they had they just had a big series against the Reds, uh, who is one of their main competitors for a playoff spot, and they took two out of three from them. Unfortunately, uh, blew a loss. Blew a game in the ninth inning and lost on Saturday, but recovered nicely by winning five to two yesterday. Uh, but yeah, like they, they've really recovered. Um, what's been working for them has been uh, in, in the last 15 games specifically has been their starting pitching. Uh, their starting pitchers have a 1.96 ERA, which is the lowest starter ERA in baseball in the Diamondbacks last 15 games. Uh, I know Zach Gallen has an ERA under one in the span, Granted, he did have uh, literally the luckiest start maybe of all time uh, in mm-hmm. one of those performances. But nonetheless, uh, he does have a 0.98 ERA in his last three starts. Uh, Brandon Fodd also has a 2.50 ERA in three starts along with a sub three fit. Um, so he's kind of turning a corner. He struggled mightily at the beginning of the year, but uh, but it looks like he's turned a corner and is is getting used to Major League uh you know, the difficulty of a major league lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, no doubt about that. Um, so just looking into it, yeah, statistically, you mentioned uh, the dead Zach Gallon's short ERA, and it's kind of the inverse of the Rangers where everything's been going pretty well for them. On offense, they have a, a 110 weighted runs created plus since August 12th, which is really when they started winning. They also have, they're also tied for the highest defensive runs above average in the major leagues. And on the pitching side, they have a 3.61 ERA, 3.94 FIP, and they're seventh uh, in pitching F4. So, you know, Corbin Carroll has broken back out. Christian Walker has been uh, excellent. Also, Gabriel Moreno 
as a catcher has been fantastic, kind of all around. Uh, a 163 weighted runs created plus over his last 11. Uh, Tommy Pham has been a nice addition. Um, and then additionally on the pitching side, Brandon Fodd in his last three starts, a 250 ERA, a 299 FIP. Uh, Merrill Kelly, a 245 ERA. So, you know, they've been kind of getting contributions from a lot of their guys, uh, a lot of their expected guys, and also some of the the newcomers of the team, the Carrolls, the Fams, the Fods. Yeah. Reynos. Yeah. The fams and the fods and yeah all that, um yeah Carol yeah Carol um like he he was slumping a little bit during that skid but has really reformed into uh what a lot of you know people in the first half were saying was an MVP candidate never mind a rookie of the year candidate you know he's he's not in that race right now but he is still you know been an extremely uh talented player Christian Walker you know also doing great you know he's uh you know one of the most underrated players in baseball out out there so good to see him you know having over 1000 ops in the diamondbacks last 15 games and uh and yeah and with the diamondbacks it's not even like they've been doing it against you know slouch competition not you know they haven't been performing like this against it's not all playoff teams but uh you know this this stretch does include um a couple series a couple wins against the Padres to yeah a couple series wins against the Padres too in fact uh one of them being uh three out of four against the Padres which is a very you know they're a very talented team uh you know they won a series against the Rockies which isn't the biggest deal in the world but they won a series against you know they swept the Rangers in two games and uh you know won three out of four against the against the Cincinnati Reds you know one of their main competitors so They've, uh, the, you know, they're they're not doing it. It's it's not like they're beating a bunch of last place teams. Yeah, no, they are. I mean, yeah, they had a very competitive series against the Reds, uh, and they, you know, it took a lot for them to win it because, I mean, in uh, you know, on Saturday they went to extra innings, suffered a tough loss, uh, came back on Sunday. I believe they were losing two to one going into the eighth. They ended up scoring four runs in the eighth, uh, won the series five to two. So. Yeah, I mean, they've been kind of fighting for these wins and overcoming tough losses to do so. Yes, uh, they have indeed. Um, but yeah, it's gonna get uh it's gonna get tougher, at least for this week. They have both the Dodgers and Orioles coming up. So, you know, you got a Christian Walker revenge game there yep. against the Orioles. Yep. Um, but uh but as it stands now, the Diamondbacks are as we mentioned, sixty-nine and sixty-two. And they're a game and a half up on the San Francisco Giants, uh, who just had a big win last night. So yeah, they're they're in a playoff spot, not crazy comfortable in that playoff spot, but they are in a playoff spot. And uh, if they continue to go in this direction and they survive this next week against the two first place teams, uh, they could be in a good spot to eventually make the playoffs. Um, anything more on the Diamondbacks? Uh, no, I think that's kind of everything I had on the Diamondbacks. Yeah, well, shout out to them. Um, I, I, com- I commend their effort because I was, I, I was, you know, preseason, I was saying that I was tempted to put them third place, but I couldn't quite get on board with like their pitching. And then after they sort of collapsed, I felt vindicated. But then uh, they've really recovered nicely, which surprised me. I, this is not something that I expected. I expected them to stay, uh, you know, at or below 500 for kind of the remainder of the year. But uh, but they've recovered and, you know, look to be a potentially dangerous team in the playoffs if they do indeed make it. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
now we get into uh, our players to highlight, starting with our uh, Monday, August 28, 2023 edition of How About That. He's striking out less, walking more, and he's also making better contact. Turning into a strikeout machine just out of nowhere. He's been excellent all around this year. He is getting a How About That! Yeah, so for my How About That today, uh, I'm actually crossing a team off the list. Um, second straight show where we're doing that. But I'm talking about DJ Stewart of the New York Mets, uh, who has been, you know, a... You know, I mean, when we, when we let's be honest here, when we when we were drawing up our produ- projections for the Mets uh, early in this season, you know, they had re-signed Brandon Nimmo, they had extended Jeff McNeil, they had brought in Justin Verlander, and we just knew that DJ Stewart was going to be one of the biggest contributors on this team from day one. And I mean, he's certainly been doing it this year, and specifically over the last eleven games for him, where he is slashing three fifty nine, three ninety, eight twenty one for a twelve eleven OPS and a two twenty five weighted runs created plus. Uh, both his slugging and his weighted runs created plus rank seventh among all qualifiers in the major leagues. Um, before the span. DJ Stewart had a ground ball rate of 50%, and in this span, it is down to 25.9%. He has nearly slashed it entirely in half. That is the 14th lowest ground ball rate among the 172 hitters with at least 25 batted balls. Uh, And nearly all of those ground balls, 25% of them, have been replaced with fly balls because his fly ball rate before the span was 21.4%, and in the span, it is 40.7%, the 12th highest on that aforementioned list of 172. And when he hits fly balls, uh, he has a 97.7% average exit velocity, and because of that, he is he has an expected slugging of 1857 on fly balls, which ranks fifth highest in the majors. Uh, and also during the span, 48.1% of his batted balls have been pulled fly balls and line drives. Almost half of his batted balls are pulled fly balls and line drives. That is the highest rate in the majors with the second highest rate being 40.6%. So he's almost 8% above second place in that category, which is pretty impressive. And on those batted balls, he is hitting 692 and slugging 1923. So uh, just to give you an idea, nearly half of his batted balls come on uh, a certain type of of hit where he's hitting 692 and slugging 1923. And also, when he faces non-fastballs in this span, he is hitting 438 and slugging 1063. That average ranks 10th among the 194 hitters with at least 10 batted balls in the span against uh, non-fastballs, and his slugging percentage ranks third. So DJ Stewart, uh, he's been, you know, timing up the ball really well, hitting it in the air a lot more, uh, and he's been hitting really nicely for the Mets. Yes, uh, DJ Stewart. How about that? Um, so that leaves so yeah. one team. Yeah, that leaves us one team. Um, and yeah, I I I saw, you know, when I was looking at fan graphs to look at leaders and whatnot, I did see the NYM logo, you mm-hmm. know, there. So I, I figured, you know, if one of us had to do it or both of us had to do it. So I did pick uh DJ Stewart nice. as well. Uh we have a lot of similar notes. Uh you pointed out the ground ball rate. You know, I had that in there, you know, just in general. Yeah, hitting 359 with a 1211 OPS. Out of 180 qualifiers, his slugging ranks seventh and OPS ranks eighth. And out of 155 hitters to see 150 plus 
pitches in this span. His expected slugging ranks fourth and expected Woba ranks fifth. Um, along with that, his average exit velocity has gone from 87.5 miles per hour before the span to 93.7 miles per hour in this span, uh, a difference of 6.2 miles per hour. Uh, you mentioned the ground ball rate, 50% to 26%, fly ball rate, 21% to 41%. Uh, and you put, you, you did pulled fly balls and line drives. I just looked at pulled fly balls. His pulled fly ball rate of all batted balls, uh, not just fly balls, but his pulled fly ball rate of all batted balls has gone from 4% to 30%. Wow. And out of 172 hitters, his pulled fly ball rate is the highest in baseball. Along with that, his barrel rate has gone from 7% before the span to 22% in the span. And out of 172 hitters, DJ Stewart's barrel rate ranks ninth. And uh, because of the higher pulled fly ball rate and barrel rate, his home run to fly ball ratio has gone from 17% before the span to 46% in the span. So, uh, you know, after all the trades, uh, you know, and the Mets seem kind of dire, uh, there there is a reason, you know, to, to check out this team with how great DJ Stewart has been doing of, of all people. So shout out, you know, from both of us, DJ Stewart. How about that? Um, and also, uh, this is, I did not expect to get this prediction correct, but I don't know if you remember asking a certain question huh. preseason. I do. Uh, you asked who will be the last team featured on how about that? And I said the Phillies. Yes. And here we are. We did not work together to do that. No, we did not. It's just no Philly has really like, like, or at least, you know, if, if there was a Philly that popped off, there was another guy that maybe we popped hadn't done, you know, a team on a team that we hadn't done before that popped yeah, off. Yeah, my pick, my pick is the White Sox and you had to, you had to pick Jake Berger that one week. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um. Yeah. So. So yeah, I feel I've like that's that's a wild one that I got correct. I did not expect like <laughs> what what are the odds there, but one yeah, it 30. happened. But but uh, yeah, got that twenty twenty vision. So yeah, now we go from the highs to the lows where we're talking players and subjects that have been underperforming with our Monday August twenty eighth twenty twenty three edition of slightly alarming statistics. He's been barreling up the ball way less. He's not missing bats. He's not getting the ball on the ground, and people are hitting it in the air more. It's been so bad. He is getting a slightly alarming. Uh, by the way, I feel like for this year, our like rate of picking the same guy for one of our two players to highlight is higher this year than it's ever been. I don't know. That's just a feel thing more than anything. But I feel like this is the first time, at least this year, we've had the same guy and the same span. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At yeah. least one of them. True, true. Yeah, that that one specifically doesn't happen very often. Uh, but my right. slightly alarming, I'm actually staying in the same division here, and I'm going with Jazz Chisholm. Um, I know that he kind of just came back from an injury, but you know he still has not been hitting very well. Going back to August 8th, he is slashing 206, 242, 286 for a 528 OPS and a 42 weighted runs created plus. Um, between 2022 and 23 as a whole, his ground ball rate is up by 9.5%. His fly ball rate is down by 4.9%, and his line drive rate is down 2.8%, which 
you know, this is this would be a much worse case for other people compared to Jazz Chisholm, but he is very because he is very fast, but he's also very powerful. So I mean, you, you are suppressing a lot of his potential production by having him hit, you know, forty eight percent ground balls compared to thirty nine percent. So um, that is something that is hurting him. Certainly more than it's helping. Uh, his walk rate has also gone from 6.9% before the span to just 4.5% in the span. His barrel rate has gone from 12% before the span to just 2.3% in the span. Uh, and also 25% of his fly balls in the span have been pulled, which is a very low percentage. Uh, and addition, and in addition to that, his average exit velocity on fly balls has gone from 96.3% before the span to just 91.3% or sorry, miles per hour, not percents, in this span. Uh, and thanks to that, he is hitting 167 and slugging just 417 on fly balls in this span, which is not is nowhere near the league average. Uh, before the span, Jazz Chisholm had a 24.4% uh, whiff rate against fastballs, and in the span, it is up to 29.6%. And against off-speed pitches, Jazz Chisholm has a whiff rate of 53.3% in this span, the highest among the 38 hitters with at least 25%, 25 swings against off-speed pitches. So Jazz Chisholm, he's swinging and missing a lot more. He's not hitting the ball as hard. He's hitting it on the ground too much. Uh, and because of that, we have not seen the production from him. And I don't like that this narrative exists for me, but Jazz Chisholm has never been good and healthy for a whole season because his weighted runs created plus has now dipped below the league average. Uh, the only year that he's had a weighted runs created plus above 100 was a 140 in 2022 in which he only played 60 games. So we're still waiting to see a full potential season for Jazz Chisholm. And we're going into his, I think, second year of arbitration now. And we just simply still haven't seen it. Yeah, Jazz Chisholm. Slightly alarming. Um, yeah, slugging, slugging 417 on fly balls is not great because I believe the league slugging is on fly balls is around 800 typically. So mm -hmm. slugging 400 on them is is a, a really bad sign, you know, and makes sense considering the lack of pulled fly balls and uh, the low exit velocity on fly balls. But yeah, unfortunate that he hasn't been able to really string it together for a full, you know, 162, you know, for team games, but like uh, even a full 130. By the way, I was dead wrong on, I was dead wrong on where he's at in his contract. He's actually about to, about to enter arbitration next year. Ah, yeah. Um, wow. Okay, well, that's better for him. He has more time to, you know, yeah. start being healthy and, you know. Right, yeah, get on the right track. Uh, wow. My slightly alarming is uh, from uh, from our hometown team, also both of our Rookie of the Year picks, and it is an indirect talk of shame. Uh, he was not my player to watch, but he was Daniel's player for to watch. Us. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or for yeah, me. For both of us, I did, I did put belief in him, too win rookie of the year over Gunnar Henderson among other good candidates like Josh Young. Uh, but yeah, I'm talking about Masataka Yoshida who the Red Sox signed for five years and $90 million this off season and was looking like a, looking like a pretty good signing through the first couple months of the year, but has uh, tapered off over the past month in his last 27 games, Yoshida is hitting 204 with a 499 OPS and 24 weighted runs created plus. And out of 168 qualifiers in this span, his on-base percentage is fourth lowest, slugging is sixth lowest, OPS is third lowest, and weighted runs created plus is second lowest. 
And out of 210 hitters with 300 plus pitches seen in the span, his expected Woba is 14th lowest, putting him around bottom 7% uh, in expected Woba. So actual numbers are bad. Expected numbers are also very bad. Uh, part of it is he is striking out a lot more. He is His strikeout rate has gone from 11% before the span to 17% in the span, more toward league average than what he was before. And he, he's continued to struggle with ground balls. That's always been an issue uh, for Masataki Yoshida this year. He has a 55% ground ball rate in the span as opposed to the league average of around 45%. And out of 72 hitters with 80-plus batted balls in the span, his ground ball rate is the fourth highest. Uh, and maybe the most alarming thing to me is he's developed a plate discipline issue for his last 47 games. Uh, the, the previous span I mentioned was over 27 games. So, you know, the, over the previous, you know, over the last 27 games, he's had strikeout troubles and uh, trouble with ground balls. But in the last 47 games, he is walking a lot less. His walk rate has gone from 9.1% before June 25 to 1.6% since then. Only, you know, about two out of every uh, 100 plate appearances are resulting in a walk for Masataki Yoshida over the last uh, two months, pretty much. And he has gone from seeing 3.9 pitches per plate appearance to 3.6 pitches per plate appearance. And he has gone from ending his plate appearances on the first or second pitch 27% of the time to 34% of the time. So he's jumping out a lot early in the count uh, and not really putting up the best plate appearances and therefore uh, not, you know, not getting on base a lot. Uh, he has a 217 on base percentage in, in the last month. Uh, so yeah, just not looking really good at all. And uh, Masataki Yoshida is getting a slightly alarming. And uh, yeah, that does it for players to highlight for the good and bad. And now we will get into a preview of the week ahead uh, where we are, where I'm going to be looking at series to watch. Daniel will be looking at the uh, starting pitching matchups to watch. Um, there's a lot of different series that hold a lot of different playoff implications, which is really nice to see. Uh, first of all, uh, one we'll be paying attention to for sure is Red Sox and Astros. Uh, Red Sox, as we mentioned, four and a half games out of a playoff spot. So they're still kind of on the fringe of potentially getting there if they get hot. And the Astros are, you know, not only fighting to keep their playoff spot, but also fighting to get the uh, division championship and, uh, you know, host a, host, a, host a playoff series. And probably, yeah, they would get the two seed and get that by. Uh, if they were to win that AL West. And uh, along with that, you have, uh, <clears throat> we got Cubs Brewers at Wrigley Field. Um, if the Cubs do particularly well in this series, they have a shot at winning the NL Central. They're currently four games back, but if they do well in the series, they could, you know, gain some ground. But also the Cubs are also looking to uh, maintain their playoff spot while the Brewers are looking to maintain their spot in the National League Central. And, and uh, two more series to watch. Uh, one is Dodgers D-backs. D-backs are rolling hot. Dodgers are rolling hot. That's going to be at Chavez Ravine um, and probably a very competitive series. And then probably the premier series to watch just because of the playoff implications is uh, Giants Reds. I think they are the first two teams out of the National League uh, wildcard picture. So there's potential that one of these teams kind of gets knocked out or 
or they kind of both tread water, but it's going to be a very important series for both teams here. So uh, look out for that one. What do you got for the day-by-day pitching matchups? Sure. So for Monday, as the day we're recording this, uh, Lucas Giolito and Taiwan Walker will face each other in Angels and Phillies. Um, that's going to be a 640 start at Citizens Bank Park. Um, Michael Kopech and Grayson Rodriguez will face each other in White Sox Orioles. That is at Camden Yards. Josiah Gray and Kevin Gosman will face each other in Nationals Blue Jays at the Rogers Center. Chris, Christian Javier and Chris Sale will face each other in Astros Red Sox at Fenway. John Gray and Tyler McGill will face each other in Rangers and Mets at City Field. Uh, Xavier Curry and Kenza Maeda will face each other in Guardians Twins. Blake Snell will face the Cardinals against Adam Wainwright, who's going for his 199th win uh, at Bush Stadium. Wade Miley and Jamison Tyone will face each other in Brewers Cubs. Um, Zach Greinke will be facing the Pirates for the Royals in Kaufman. Bryce Elder will be facing the Rockies for the Braves at Coors. Andrew Abbott and Kyle Harrison, a couple of young lefties, will be facing each other in Reds Giants. And matchup of the night comes from the aforementioned Dodgers and Diamondbacks series at Chavez Ravine. It's going to be Zach Gallen versus Bobby Miller. Yeah, that is a, it's a solid matchup of two young guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. Uh, so then on Tuesday, Tyler Anderson and Michael Lorenzen will face each other in Angels Phillies. Aaron Savali and Sandy Alcantara will face each other in the Florida series, the Rays Marlins at Lone Depot Park in Miami. Tarek Skubal will be facing the Yankees for the Tigers in Detroit. Uh, you will have Mackenzie Gore and Jose Barrios facing each other in Nationals and Blue Jays. Uh, you'll have Brian Bayo and JP France facing each other in Astros Red Sox at Fenway. Uh, Andrew Heaney and Jose Quintana will face each other in Rangers Mets. Gavin Williams and Pablo Lopez will face each other in Guardians Twins in Minnesota. That's a big series for uh, both teams. The Twins could probably put a bow on the AL Central if they win this series. Guardians could chip their way back in. Um, you will have Cole Reagans, my how about that, from last episode facing the Pirates against the Royals at Kaufman. Uh, Charlie Morton will be facing the uh, Rockies for the Braves in Coors Field. George Kirby will be facing the A's for the Mariners. Uh, that will be at T-Mobile Park. Brandon Williamson and Alex Cobb will face each other in Reds Giants. Merrill Kelly and Clayton Kershaw will face each other in Diamondbacks Dodgers. And matchup of the night, without a doubt in my mind, comes from Brewers Cubs at Wrigley. It's Corbin Burns versus Justin Steele. Yeah, absolutely. A battle for the NL Central. It's the two best pitchers on each team. That's a fun yeah. one. So then on Wednesday, we'll finish off with Wednesday. Um, Dylan Cease and Kyle Gibson will face each other in White Sox and Orioles. Tanner Bybee and Sonny Gray will face each other in Guardians Twins. Uh, Hugh Darvish will face the uh, Cardinals for the Padres in St. Louis. Uh, Brandon Woodruff and Kyle Hendricks will face each other in Brewers Cubs. Uh, Chris Bassett will be facing the um, Nationals for the Blue Jays. That's going to be at the Rogers Center. Framber Valdez versus Cutter Crawford. Chris and I might be there uh, for Astros and Red Sox. We will get to see our, our boy Cutter Crawford again. Um, yeah. Dane Dunning will be facing the Mets for the Rangers at City Field. Zach Eflin and Luis, or Jesus Lazardo will face each other in Rays Marlins. Garrett Cole will be facing the Tigers for the Yankees in Detroit. Um, and Brandon Fodd, who we mentioned has been pitching well, will be facing the Dodgers for the Diamondbacks. And matchup of the afternoon comes from Reds Giants in San Francisco. It's going to be Hunter Green versus Logan Webb. Yeah, that's uh 
yeah, two two different pitching styles for sure. You get the ground ball god versus the high high velocity uh strikeout guy. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so that's uh that's Wednesday. Or are we doing Thursday or no? There's only four matchups and oh, only yeah. one pitch and only one pitcher has been announced. So we're not right. doing Thursday. So that will do it for this installment of Above Replacement Radio. We hope you enjoyed this one. If you're listening on an Apple podcast or Spotify and want to watch the conversation as it happens, go to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the YouTube channel, become our, uh, I think, 50th subscriber, hit that milestone. Um, check it out uh, and and check, you know, you want to subscribe because you want to check out the playlist. Uh, you want to go check out the baseball history series, all the guest interviews and, you know, get notified of all the new episodes and all that. If you, uh, if you are a, a a subscriber also subscribe to the audio feed apple Podcasts, and spotify it's all called above replacement radio follow us on social media follow me on twitter at chris underscore gian to follow daniel on both twitter and instagram at daniel underscore current and follow the show instagram at above replacement radio for all the show needs we hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you next time where we we're talking all the happenings in major league baseball once again see you then this conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.